0: Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. I didn't introduce myself before. I'm Pastor Aaron. I have the great privilege of being a lead pastor here in the West Hill. and We have two weeks left in this series uh, entitled Elements. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn with me to the book of Galatians, we're going to begin there. Galatians chapter 2, verses 22 and 23 is our third. Some know it as the fruit of the Spirit. We've been looking at the elements, and we believe, I believe, these elements that the Holy Spirit produces in us to help us become more like Jesus. And it helps us to show the Jesus that lives inside of each one of us. As you're turning there, I just want to uh, share a couple prayer requests, if you um, uh, would, as you're listening. Be in prayer for uh, several people uh, that are underneath the weather. Paul Crow has been been sick for several weeks now, um, so you can be praying for him. Um, the Heiselmans, you can be praying for them. Phil has COVID and at home, and then uh, and then our little Camden and uh, Camden Meninga. She's not little anymore. She's now. Uh, Seventh grader, but uh, our teens went on an overnight um, uh, Word of life they went up to a hockey game and then they play games uh, and stuff afterward and all-nighter and uh, as they were getting ready to leave poor Camden um, Tripped and fell and actually broke um, both of her bones and her arm Um, and uh, and so they did surgery yesterday afternoon at noon and they uh, put two rods in that will be in there for a long time. Um, and Ben just texted me now that she just came home from the hospital this morning, which is great. Um, she's a tough cookie. And uh, But just pray for Camden as she heals, that God would heal her. Uh, no infections, no other issues. And um, just pray for the whole Meninga family. Ben went on that trip. He worked um, all day and then went with the teens Spent all night up and then spent pretty much all day yesterday at the hospital. Ben, if you take a nap today, it's okay, man. You just go to sleep. It's all good. Uh, all right. Trey and Dylan, no excuses for you guys. You guys got to be awake, okay? Keep grandpa awake over there. Um, and then also be praying. Bob Nylinger's brother has been in the hospital for several weeks now and it has been, been really sick. So would you pray with me? Uh, let's just pray for these. These dear people, I'm sure there's others as well. Lord, uh, thankful for your control in our life, and not just our life, but every person's life here. I love what Romans 8.28 says, that all things work together for good to those who love you, to those who are called according to your purpose. Lord, we have that great hope, knowing that you love us, and as you call us, and as we live our lives for you, you are in complete control, and you will allow every single thing to, um, Lord, to, to be good and that we can say it's good and it's for your pleasure and for, for your glory uh, to be displayed. Lord, several that we've shared here that are, that are ill, that are sick. Um, Lord, uh, I know that um, there's a few other churches that are also struggling, Lord, uh, with, with sickness and some with COVID. And Lord, as we um, see all the sickness around us, Lord, may we continue to look to you. As the giver uh, and taker of life, Lord, you're the one who gives it. And, Lord, you're the one that has written our days. They are numbered in a book. And, Lord, you know exactly when our days are done. And there's nothing that we can do to change that. You have that planned out. And that gives us great hope. And it gives us great assurance, Lord, that you are truly Lord of all. And so I just pray for comfort. Pray for healing for these uh, that we've shared and others who are sick and really wrestling and struggling. Lord, with their their physical health. Lord, I want to also pray for Camden. Lord, that uh, you continue to give her strength, give her rest. Lord, I pray that she would be able to get some sleep and some rest there at home today and tomorrow especially. And just pray that you would keep the infection uh, away from her arm and uh, any other part of her body. Lord, may you just touch her and heal her. And Lord, continue to bring her heart closer to yours. And may her faith increase uh, because of this, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word now, and I pray that as we look at this uh, element of gentleness, Lord, that you would help us to see it in our lives as we look at it in you, Lord, and how gentle you are, and in our Savior Jesus and how he lived his life here on this earth, and Lord, uh, the um, picture-perfect definition of what gentleness is seen in him, and I pray that we would be people who are gentle. And so help us to live that out. And we know we can only do that with your spirit who lives in us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to begin here looking at these verses. Uh, Read them together with you, if you would. Why don't you read them with me? And, uh, and, and it's up on the screen. And if you're reading along with us with the ESV, you can do that. If you're reading from another version, uh, you may just want to say it softer, or you could say it really loud too. And we'll take your version as well. Um, let's read it together. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Webster 1828 Dictionary defines gentleness as this uh, genteel behavior. Um, I didn't know what that was because I'm not educated enough, Um, but I had to look it up. And what that means is it's polite or refined. Um, It's an old term. Uh, What I found was it's an old term that uh, was used a lot of times for those who were aristocrats, who were... Proper, and they they had this gentle, uh, genteel behavior. Um, Webster also defines it as a softness of manners, mildness of temper, sweetness of disposition, uh, or meekness, which we're going to see that term a few times as we go through some texts this morning. He also defines it as kindness or benevolence, a tenderness or mild treatment. Um, as, we, as we walk through this there's, uh, there's um, it's always hard for me as we go through this study it becomes a little bit harder each time because I, I'm struggling with how much do we live this out and we're proactive in pursuing this and how much of this is the spirit of God that we're allowing the spirit to work in us and through us like changing us Because once again, these elements are proof that we are followers of Christ. So it's not just us getting up and mustering enough effort and energy to do these things. It's actually the spirit of God that we allow working in us and through us. And so gentleness is not one of the great qualities that I have had. And yet there's evidence that God has given me, even in this last week, where God showed me after the, after the fact, after something took place where he's like, see, I've given you gentleness because I didn't spout off or I didn't get angry or I didn't. uh, And we'll talk a little bit about that at the end and what I'm more prone and maybe you are too. And this whole idea of meekness and gentleness, maybe you wrestle with. Um, That's why I gave next week self-control away because I don't have a whole lot of, no, I do. I praise God for it, but we always look at it and self-control as something more we need. And I think when we look at this aspect of gentleness, uh, I believe as I've been praying uh, for you, for me, for our church, uh, there may not be a, a more better time for us to be able to live this element out than right now where we stand in our country. Um, and, and I'll share a little bit of that in a minute. It doesn't mean we just go to the side, and we just let people walk all over us. Um, But when we look at the Greek word for this that's mentioned here in Galatians, uh, parutes, it's used, this term is used 11 times in the New Testament. And again, in the Greek Septuagint, it's only used three times in the Old Testament. And so when we look at this, we're not going to look at the three Psalms uh, that it's used as because it's not it's not necessarily used in the same terms in the same way that we would use a gentleness it's it's used in in a couple different ways and i'll let you i'll give you the verses if you want to write them down psalm 131 verse 1 psalm 44 verse 5 and psalm 89 verse 10 and you can look those up at at another time i'll mention them here just again Um, but there as you see the translation they wouldn't. We, it would be hard for you to look at English and say, "How did you get that Greek word in there?" And so, I don't have time to go over that this morning. But it's something you can do: Psalm one thirty-one, verse one; Psalm forty-four, verse five; and Psalm eighty-nine, verse ten. So, when we look at these eleven uses in the New Testament, um, we we have to understand and try to. Try to define in, in, in layman's terms, how do we see this gentleness laid out? So we see the word gentle used a lot. We see humility used a lot. Uh, this term gentleness, is an, it's, it's an outward pouring. It's an action of how gentle or how meek or how humble one is. And so when we see this um, focus on the family, Gary Thomas wrote, wrote it this way. Gentleness is a strong hand with a gentle touch, all right? A strong hand with a gentle touch. It's the strong hand, not the weak one, that must learn to be gentle. And so it's not looking and saying, hey, we're going to be a bunch of weak people. No, in fact, it's the opposite. It's the strong, it's the strength of our faith and our walk with Jesus Christ that allows us then to be gentle. It's kind of like having Thomas Manley next to you. Right, that, that's who I thought of when I was reading through some of these things, and I'm like, dude, that guy—he's—you he, talk about strength. His hand, his hand would crush me, you know. Like, I love holding my kids' hands, and I love even like uh, on Wednesday night, Judah, uh, we were in here playing Mr. Potato Head uh, while his mom was singing, and his dad was off, and Judah, uh, we we left, and so he just grabbed a hold of my hand. And just that little, little hand, as we walked out, having the ability, yeah, I could crush it. Why? Uh, Just to show my strength, to show my power. Uh, Gentleness is just to be able to grab that hand and to lovingly guide and direct. And so hopefully that gives you kind of a a picture of what that looks like. Um, Thankful that I don't have to hold Tom's hand too often, or when he gets upset with me, he would just crush me. So humility and grace is part of this definition or defining gentleness. And it's giving control to a sovereign God. It's always coming back and realizing that the control that our God has, it's entrusting our lives to him. It's entrusting what happens and what's going on in our lives to allow him that he is sovereign to entrust him and it's not that we can never question him, but it's allowing him that we don't have to defend. We don't have to always try to defend what he's doing um, or that we need an answer. The other aspect of this is that we're also quick to forgive. Uh, it, it, is, it is looking at my offense towards God, and, and I compare that, and I also look at someone's offense to me All right. Think about all the wrong that you've done to God. All right. If all that was over here, it probably wouldn't be a big enough area for mine. All right. And then some small offense that somebody does to me over here. Gentleness says, I'm looking at this and how God treats me and how God looks at me and how gentle, kind, compassionate long suffering and then i i come over here and i get to display that same gentleness that god has showed to me i get to show gentleness again realizing i have the strength but having the control to say i'm not going to crush is a youth pastor who um, took 150 teens to Six Flags. And when he, they were staying the night, and when he went to go pick up the 37 uh, room keys, um, the hotel had lost their confirmation. That's like a nightmare situation for a youth pastor, man. I put myself there. And so uh, he talks about how how he had this opportunity, and he didn't just walk away and say, oh, Okay. You know, he, he's got 150 teens there. What is he going to do with them? But as he's trying to work this out with them, he realizes it becomes very apparent to him. He's got 150 teens. Not all of them are looking at him, but they are watching and listening. And he has the opportunity that he can either go at these people at the hotel or he can have gentleness. It was a great lesson for him to be able to show them what gentleness looked like. Um, think about it, and maybe you can think, think about it in, in a little bit different way, um, about a glass door. Okay? The door represents, that glass door represents any person or relationship that stands between us and what we want. So you have to go through that glass door to get to what you want or what you desire. How we attempt to get through that door will determine the outcome. So think about this. Think of the glass busters. What are they? Well, anger, selfishness, pride, careless words, judgment, and a judgmental attitude, uh, or arguing with others, uh, having resentment, uh, m- maybe... I can't imagine looking at all of you that, that somewhere inside of almost each one of us that we don't wrestle with some of those glass busters, right? We wrestle with that. That's part of our flesh. That's part of what we're, we're wrestling with. And that's where these elements come into play where this element of gentleness says, hey, this is a glass door. And how you react and how you desire to get through this situation to get where you want are you going to leave the glass door intact, or are you just going to bust it? Because it's it, it isn't necessarily about getting to where you want to be; it's about how you get there. Let's look at a few um, verses, if you would. Uh, we'll look at these eleven quickly um, that that we see this term gentleness used, and we'll see it used in a few in a few different ways. The first here is First Corinthians four, verse twenty-one. Paul writing, he said, what do you wish? Shall I come with you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Meaning, do you want me to come and just beat you? (laughs) Or do you want me to come with gentleness? There's times for the rod. The parent who spares the rod, he spoils the child, right? So it's not ever saying that the rod isn't useful. I think sometimes we use the rod more in our arsenal rather than we do gentleness. Galatians 6.1. Again, right after our passage that we just read of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, um, Paul continues in his letter, and he says in Galatians 6.1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of what? Gentleness. Gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Ephesians 4, verse 2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So we see this combination of humility and patience going right hand in hand with gentleness. And how we come and treat one another and love one another. 2 Timothy 2.25 um, Paul is talking about the leadership and, and how leaders are supposed to be uh, leading. He says, correcting his opponents with what? Gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of truth. First Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord, uh, the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Now, a lot of times we'll stop there. Hey, be ready to give a defense of what you believe. But don't miss the second part. Notice what Peter says. Yet do it with what? Gentleness and respect. So as we give an account of why we believe and what we believe, we need to also include this element. This element should be part of how we discuss and how we talk and how we live out our faith. We do it with gentleness and respect, Peter says here. Titus 3.2 says to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Now, what's, what's uh, interesting about this is when you look at this text, you see the word gentle, right? And this is where our Greek and English languages sometimes differ. All right, And this is where we're going to go a little deeper into the rods here, but don't get lost in the marsh. Okay, um, This word gentle that's there for English is actually not the same term that we've been talking about so far. It's actually a different Greek term, and we're going to see it used here a, a few times. But actually, the Greek term for gentleness that we've been talking about is the word courtesy here. So, um, when we look at this, um, parutes, uh, which we've been talking about maybe defined as meekness or gentleness, uh, there's another Greek word here and it's used here. And one other time in second Corinthians 10, one defined as, um, as gentleness and it's a, a, pekaia, and it means to be gentle or tolerant or kind. And so, um, Let's look at, um, if we if we can, in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1, um, Paul says, I, Paul, myself, entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So we have both of these terms here. And he says, I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold towards you when I am away. And so we see both of those terms being used there, meekness and gentleness. And then we flip over to Acts 24, verse 4, and this is the beginning of the argument where Paul comes and, and, and is in front, giving an argument for his faith. He's on trial, and uh, Tertullus is speaking on behalf of the high, the high priests and the scholars to argue against Paul, and he says this in verse 4, "...but to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly." And so that's that same Greek word, that that other Greek word, um, which I can't say very well, but it's e- epikia, all right, and it means gentle, tolerant, or kind. And so um, this speaker is asking the judge to be tolerant, to have the kindness to hear what he's going to say. It's the argument. Colossians 3.12 goes back and again uses our term here, um, prautes, of gentleness and humility. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And so as we look at these next three Um, passages, it's going to use this term meekness interchangeably for gentleness. James 1, 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness, uh, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. And then James uses it again. in James 3, 13, who is wise and understanding among you, but his good conduct, let him show his work in the meekness of, Of wisdom a gentleness a humility of wisdom those are our passages that as we see this Greek term used over and over again it is critical important because it's talking about our faith and how one lives their faith out it's an action it's not just an inward feeling or an inward being this is an outward showing of our relationship with Jesus and so meekness gentleness should be a part of how we live our lives. We see this really clearly in the life of Jesus. We see it through several different examples. One of those examples is actually shared in the Old Testament and then shared again in the New Testament. And this is this verse in Matthew 21, verse 5, where it says this, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of the beast of a bur- of burden. And so we see the gentleness of our Savior. He doesn't come approaching the city with all this fanfare and, and riding on a white horse. Hey, he will ride on a white horse one day, but that wasn't the time. He came with gentleness. That's why I love that song that Susan sings a lot during Christmas. Uh, he, he came with the gentleness, the, the, the stillness of the snow. That's what our Savior came and he lived his life in that way. Um, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 7 um, where, where he says, But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Again, this word gentle is, is the root form of gentleness. And so we see this, that Paul, as he's trying to help the followers and believers adjust to this new life in Christ, he's saying, listen, we were gentle like, like nursing mothers. We came along to take care of you. We weren't out for your money or for your riches or to do harm to you. And he writes in Philippians 4 verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That can also be translated and say, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Are we known as gentle people? Uh, And I'll just tell you, this is, I look back at my life and, 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 and this is a bad area for me. I shouldn't be the one probably up here preaching on gentleness. I'm intense, and, and this, is, this is what my conclusion is, is for me, especially being younger, a lot of times I had great zeal, and zeal is good, but un, I will say unboxed in zeal goes a little crazy, and that's where uh, my zeal sometimes gets in the way of gentleness, And so let me encourage you as you think about how you get to live out this element of gentleness. um, Don't let your enthusiasm or your passion or your zeal um, to be diminished. No, that's not talking about that. Paul had great passion, did he not? But he had a gentleness with people. He confronted people. Jesus did the same. But he had a gentleness, and, and and really, I think it comes down to, do I have a compassion for people? Can I see them for who God has made them? Um, got a little game here. I'm sure some of you have been wondering, are we playing Jenga or not? This is a pretty cool game, and again, when I think of gentleness, I thought of this game. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cool because you start, and if you've never played this game, you're trying to find Um, some element where or one of the blocks where you can take it out carefully and then you keep restacking until finally at some point um, you're going to knock it over so this is pretty cool and if I had somebody continuing to come and play now that's three in the middle that's pretty cool Um, eventually it'll fall over But the goal to this, or the key to this game, the key to be successful in this game, is you can't just come in and just start attacking these blocks. Because the moment that you you start just pushing hard, it's gonna fall. And and as you go along, you have to be even more gentle. Mm, This one's tricky. Because if you're not gentle, then that's what happens. Unfortunately, I think this is a picture of what happens sometimes and, and what happens when we're, we're zealous for God. We want people to hear the truth. We want people to see the truth. But sometimes I think, and this is for me especially, I'm, I'm, I'm so rough or I'm, I lack the gentleness that God desires to show through me. It's an ongoing lesson for me. The, the great part about this game is we can set this back up, right? Set it up, and you start over again. And and sometimes that's what we have to do in our lives when we think about gentleness. Because there's times that we may interact with our spouse, or we may interact with our, our children, or we may interact with, with a coworker or someone else. And, and that's the reset. The reset is saying, you know what? I, I made a mistake. And offering, asking for forgiveness. And offering to make it right. Not that necessarily that what you said was wrong, but how you went about sharing it or doing it. This aspect of gentleness. There's times where maybe you have to reset. And you've got to rebuild. And you got to ask the Lord, hey, Lord, would you help me? Would you help me to be gentle? I don't think this is an element that we can, well, let me rephrase that. I know this is not an element that I can live by myself. I can't do it. And yet, I'm so thankful for the grace and the mercy of God that he allows me to live out this element of gentleness. Some of you are much better at this element than I am. And I praise God for you. And as I was praying and thinking and preparing, uh, several of you came to my mind. Because you are gentle people. And I praise God for you. As I said earlier, I really believe that we live in a day and an age where not only do we need to produce and to provide We're not producing it. We're showing what the truth is. Yes, we need to be dogmatic that we have absolute truth. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the word of God is absolute truth? Yes or no? I believe it is. I believe that we have absolute truth. And I can be so dogmatic in that, that that I just run over people. I think this is an area where social media, uh, where it does great harm. And so let me encourage you. I'm not saying that you abandon social media. I'm just saying, think five, six, 10 times before you hit enter. Is this showing the gentleness of Christ? You may be absolutely 100% correct, but is this show the gentleness of Christ? Mm, it's hard. It's hard. This is a hard thing to live. And yet, uh, as we have the great privilege of living each of these elements out, we have the great privilege and the responsibility to ask the Lord to pr- continue to produce these in us as we live them out. I hope, I hope that you get to live this out this week. And some of you, I know you're going to have challenges Anytime you get family together, the holidays, it's a great time, but oh man, you probably didn't walk in here this morning knowing that God was going to give you the message today that you received because now you get to go live it out. Each one of us do. So let's ask the Lord's help. All right, Lord, we thank you again for every good and perfect gift. We know it comes from you, the father above. We thank you for this gift of gentleness. Lord, I'm thankful for your gentleness with me, with my family, with this church, with our nation, with the world. I think of what we talked about earlier. It's that hand of strength. Being willing to not crush What's something that could so easily crush? Thank you for being that way with us. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow us the opportunities that lie ahead this week, the days, the months ahead, Lord, that we would be people who in our pursuit of Jesus, as we abide with you, that you would continue to work in us and produce this element of gentleness. And Lord, as we see it played out, as we see it um, and, and through our actions and even our attitude of this element of gentleness, Lord, may we give you thanks knowing that we didn't get that and we didn't produce that in and of ourselves. It is, it is from you. And so we need you. We need your help. And that's the element of faith, Lord. We, we trust that you're going to provide these elements for us to live out, help us to keep our minds renewed, help us to stay close, keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus. And I pray that you would get great glory this day, this week, through how we live our lives, knowing that it's not about us. It's not about what I want. Not about what I desire, but as I am guided and led by you, Lord, that I won't crush the the glass uh, doors, but that I will allow your spirit to use me to open them gently, kindly, with humility. So help us to live that way this week. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior.